football game. Tatum drives down and throws it down. Wow. The throw rainbows it down the right side for Kyle Pitts. He's got it. He's there. Touchdown. Oh, my. Oh, my D. Welcome back, everyone, to the Sports Bits Podcast with Moko. Here to talk about all things Boston Celtics and NBA playoffs because we are in the heat of the playoffs first round. And, uh, yeah, we've only had uh, up to game two uh, currently, so we have game one and game two to talk about. We have our three series we're going to talk about today is obviously Celtics-Nets because Reed and James, uh, Reed and I are back. And then we're also going to talk about Suns-Lakers because James is finally here to talk about the Suns. So we got we got him here. And also the next game we're gonna uh last series we're gonna talk about that we all agreed on is the Mavs Clips. Uh very interesting series, not how I predicted it, but we will see what y'all have to say about that series. So let's uh firstly get jump right into it. Nets Celtics. Uh Reed, please uh you can please intro this one because you are currently 2-0 against us. So how do you how you feeling, buddy? Yeah, I'm 2-0. I'm 2-0. Yeah, me. you are 2-0. <laughs> um, I mean, the game, the game last night, if you watched it, it was kind of a slugfest from minute one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the Nets just came out playing really hard. I actually really liked what they were doing because I know a lot of Nets fans at the beginning of the season or when the playoffs were beginning, um, we were really nervous because like our big three hasn't played any games together. So we were wondering how they were gonna mesh together and um since they take such a big scoring load, like what's going to happen with the rest of the bench, you know, see if like we can actually pull through. Cause sure we can win, you know, when all three of them are on the court, but if we, you know, bring our bench on and they just absolutely crap everything, then um, yeah, like we're kind of screwed, you know, like three people, it's tough to kind of have them like carry a team, but you know, they did really well. Um, you know, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant all had good games. Joe Harris had an amazing game. He was shooting lights out from three. Beef Jerky Joe. Big, big Beef Jerky, jerky Joe. Joe. Big Joe <laughs> Jesus. I was so happy to see him. He was shooting so well. Um, oh, Blake yeah. Griffin, you know, playing well. Um, you know, I'll, to I'll my surprise, Brian Blake yeah, is back. Mean, seriously, man. He's come out and he's he's been playing. He did exactly what we needed him to do. You know, we just need him to come in, have some basic production, you know, not a whole lot of minutes. He's played, he played 20 minutes yesterday, 11 points, uh, three boards, four assists. So, you know, we can't really ask too much more of him, especially at this point in his career. So he's done everything that we asked him to do. So let's move it on to James. I know you're an outsider to this, to this, uh, uh, this uh, playoff series, but what do you think of the Nets and Celtics uh, this currently? Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, based on like, this is a perfect example of a team that, has reflected on their own gameplay from game one and tried to make it a lot better for game two. And I think that they executed that perfectly. You know, game one, it was a little bit more of a close fought battle. They only won by about what, seven, eight points. And, uh, you know, yeah. And Blake Griffin had a lackluster game with one point. Um, You know, uh, they didn't shoot well at all from three. They, I think they, from what I can remember, they shot about like 23% from, from three. I was atrocious by the Nets, but they, but they led most of the game, uh, uh, um, you know, coming out of the gate, you know, this is a very different team that we've seen from the Nets, you know, coming into the playoffs. So I think that they had a little bit of an adjustment period in that first quarter and it was a very low scoring quarter. You know, the Celtics had 21 points and the, and the Nets had 16 in the first quarter. But after that, you know the Nets started to pick up, and they and uh, they gained some uh, some leverage over the over the Celtics in, um, in game one, and then moving into game two, they looked at that gameplay, they watched the highlights, they went back to the film room, 
and they realized on the things that they needed to capitalize and they did that perfectly in uh in game two and which is why it was so much of a blowout and um you know they played very cohesively joe harris made a huge step up in game two like uh like reed mentioned kd shot uh pretty well in game two Kyrie was uh was doing all right james harden was involved you know everybody was getting their time and they had a much larger lineup than what they went in with game one so i think that you know, having that diversity on our team and realizing that they needed to capitalize on different aspects of their game, looking back on game one, they did a, an absolutely fantastic job in game two. Yeah. And uh, on the Celtics side, I mean, I thought we, I had some confidence, you know, you've seen that first half. Okay. Just imagine in a bubble, just the first half of that first game, we saw the Celtics care about defense, which is the one thing I said, Marcus Smart and Tatum and Walker were all shooting really well. That's exactly what I said. Yep. And you know, and we didn't have Robert. I don't think we had Robert out too many minutes the first quarter. We had Thompson starting, which is weird. Right. But I mean, Rob Williams stepped up in a really great way. So Dude, that's the three key, kind blocks. of keys. Yeah, nine blocks. This is the three keys I said. Young players need to step up. Defense, our stars need to shoot well. So I was like, all right, we can. I can. I can confidently say maybe I can say Nets in seven, Nets in six. But now after the second quarter, second half, and then the second game of the series is an absolute tragedy for the Celtics. Not to mention, Tatum took a finger to the eye, and now his eye is all swollen. He might not be there for the game three. We don't know how that's going to be because he might be shooting with one eye. I don't know. <laughs> but point being, uh, it, Celtics, I had hope. I had hope. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have hope for one half. And it all went downhill after that second one. After, I think, as you all said, the big three found out how to play or, you know, found how to play cohesively in the playoffs and that's the most important part and the most important time to find out when to find out all this is in the playoffs Celtics I said I said without uh, Jalen Brown I didn't find I didn't find us like beating the Nets or even even like confidently beating the Nets at all without uh, Jalen Brown I was just hoping for a good fight like a good good series but now with this if anything if it's all gonna repeat like game two it's gonna be over in four and also I am going to game four at TD Garden so it may be the last game of the season we don't know if it is, I'm glad to see. I'm glad to see my Celtics go out. But um, if it's not, I'll, I'll be. Hopefully, they win Game Four. That would be the most right exciting there. environment, being at TD Garden when they win a playoff series or playoff game. So, we'll see how it goes. I'm. I don't know what's going to happen with Game Three and Game Four. Hopefully, Tatum's back and we can put up a fight. Otherwise, I don't. I'm probably going to say now, like Nets and Six confidently, or Nets and Five. Actually, I'll play. I'll probably say Nets and Six confident uh, ish. Nets and Five probably confidently. I'll probably go there and like, what are you guys' updated predictions on this game? I'm going to go, I'm not going to, I don't really have any hope now with the Celtics sauce, but I'm going to say Nets in five, Nets in six. What about uh, you? Reed, I think that you and I can both agree on this. Uh, it might we be both. time to bring out the brooms, man. I mean, it's, I don't know. That'll dude. be time for a sweep. That's exactly yeah. what my manager I mean, said. Don't get I me wrong. Work. If it would be really nice to see like a, you know, a gentleman sweep, you know, if the Celtics could take one game, but I mean, with the way that we saw, what happened with the Nets last game yesterday. Yeah. I don't see that happening, but you know, to that point, like James said, the Nets looked at the film, they came out and, you know, they really figured out what they needed to do. The Celtics could also do that. You know, they could come out, they could have a new game plan, new defensive game plan. They're going um, back home. And they're going back be, home. Exactly. They're going to be back home. The fans are going to be there. So fans um, all riled up for Kyrie when he comes exactly, back home. Yeah. Boy. Oh my God. That's going to be, that's going to be insane. It's going to be going to get slewed. He's going to get slewed. 
And that's, I mean, rightfully um, so, honestly. I can't even defend him. He said straight up to the fans, like, I plan on re-signing here next year, and then just dipped. Yeah, I mean, didn't he say yeah. that with Cleveland, too? <laughs> he said it to a bunch of little kids, too, didn't he? He was with Cleveland for a while, okay? Like, yeah. I mean, like he, yeah, he did his time. Right. Like, that one I don't, like, as much, like, put harsh on him for. But the kids, but, like, man. The kids yeah, no, he said that, too. Yeah, no, yeah. That video is viral, but... um. Uh, him leaving the Celtics was that was a that was a that was a, a poor move on his part. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like if he left, it wouldn't have been so bad if he didn't outright say in front of thousands of fans yeah. that he's gonna resign. Like that was the stupidest thing he could have said. To be fair, he yeah, said yeah. that he was gonna plan to resign. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my! Not even I'm gonna like defend him like that. <laughs> it's like nope. Yeah. Well. Nets, uh, good luck. Uh, we'll probably see. We'll probably see you guys in round two. I mean, we'll see the Nets in round two. Celtics, let's just put up a good fight. I want to see at least one or two games won before the end of the series. Mm-hmm. Just give us something to work on next season. So, next game, Suns Lakers. I want uh, James to start off on this on this little series. What are your thoughts on the Suns' performance, game one and game two? Very contra, like very uh, like different games of, between game one and game two. What are your th- what are your initial thoughts? Well, to quote Mokes, oh my indeed. <laughs> well, I, oh my indeed. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, I, I, that first game, I was pumped. I, I saw everybody playing well. We, Aiden and Booker outplayed AD and LeBron, absolutely smashing them. And yes, it wasn't that big of a, a of a difference at the end of the game, but it was it was it was big to the Suns, especially coming straight into the uh, into the playoffs when they haven't been in, been there in about I don't know like 10, 11 years. So for them, it's been a lot longer of a waiting process, and like them get they got to get used to being in the playoffs. So I you know going into game two, I was kind of expecting that the Lakers would would come out a lot stronger, which they did. AD had a great game you know LeBron played pretty well and it was it was it was uh, frustrating to watch at some points but you know the Suns look really good Chris Paul with his injury is definitely hindering us a little bit you know but uh, Cameron Payne stepped up in game two I was so happy to see that I want to I want to see more gameplay from Javon Carter you know, I, I feel like they, he's a really good perimeter defender and would help out a lot with, um, you know, the defense that the Lakers have such a great offense for. So, you know, if we add a lot of those elements, you know, I think that it would be, um, you know, beneficial for the for the Suns. You know, Monty Williams has a good bench that he can use, which he's not utilizing as much. But, you know, that that comes with, you know, being fresh into the playoffs. I mean, as good of a seed as we are this year, it's definitely a, a learning curve for the Suns, and they'd have to, you know, figure out where their place is with a lot of these teams. And, you know, it's not easy facing the Lakers round one, but, you know, I'm still very confident in them. I think that, you know, them going to L.A. now, I, if, I told this to my dad earlier today. I said if, uh, if the Suns come out uh, from, and come back from uh, L.A., you know, going, in, going back home in game five, and they uh, and they have the series tied. I am happy with that. If we can get one win in LA, I think that we're doing our job right. If we get two, that's even better. But if we get if we lose both games, we have a problem. But um, you know, I think moving forward, you know, looking ahead, um, game five will be is is going to be a very uh, distinctual 
game for that series and whoever wins that game I think will probably win the series so it's 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 definitely going to be an interesting series and I'm happy and I'm excited I hope they make the second round and uh um, I'm I'm pulling out strong for my boys hell yeah I love what the Suns did you know first game I didn't watch I watched the second game um but I know that you know like James said everyone was firing on all, all cylinders uh for the first game um, you know, and it's really nice to see like how the Suns are playing because I mean, even the game that they lost, what was it? It was they lost by like seven points. Yeah. Right. And um, yeah, like you said, James, I think a big part of the Suns, this playoff series and like this whole playoff run for them is the lack of experience that they have in the playoffs on the roster. You know, because like, yeah, you guys have the second seed. You know, I mean, Devin Booker is, you know, one of the best scorers in the game right now. Amazing player. DeAndre Ayton is a fantastic center. Um, but yeah, it's going to be tough going against, um, you know, a multi-time champion in the first round, you know, even if he's not playing at a hundred percent or whatever the hell he says. Um, yeah. I mean, you're still playing LeBron James, you know, that's a tough matchup. Um, you know, Anthony Davis had a great game in the second game as well. Um, so it's definitely going to be a tough matchup, but yeah, I mean, if they can definitely get a win on the road, at least one, then I think they're going to be in a really good spot. Yeah. I think that the key factor as well, just to add one more point, you know, I think that the key factor is how well can the Suns hold down AD? You know, Mm -hmm. I think that's the definitive factor on if we win the series, you know, if we -hmm. we can hold them down like we did in game one, I think that we'll be fine. If he's scoring more than 30 a night, like he did last night, or, you know, again, uh, yeah, last night, yeah, Um, yeah, uh, then like, then that's where we're going to have some problems, but, you know, Jay Crowder did a really good job in game one. So I think that, you know, it, it might be an on and off occasion, but, you know, we'll see going into LA and uh, see how the, the Suns do on a away court. Yeah. And Jay Crowder was pretty, he, you know, he wasn't shooting well at all in the second game. So I think that he's definitely going to be a huge part of the um, Suns offense and he's going to be like definitely a defining factor about whether or not they can win. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, when I, I watched game one, uh, I had a couple things to say, and I, I distinctly remember this because it, it was kind of dumb how AD only scored 13. I looked at why, look at the highlights. AD only took up like jumper shots against Jay Crowder, who's six six, and AD's like almost seven foot. And I'm surprised he didn't back down Jay Crowder and bully him in the post. Mm-hmm. But that was an, a, one thing I noticed that AD, once he started doing that, I think second game, he started to do that a little bit more game two so i was like all right he's actually playing to his strengths and he was seriously lacking his confidence in game one yeah that was a problem but hopefully he picked it up in game two so which means he'll be a big threat for the Suns to figure out to contain i mean monty williams is a great coach i think i always always preach coaching that's one thing i always try to one of my i guess factors i try to uh incorporate when i like judge teams and i think coaching is a big thing Mm -hmm. so seeing monty williams play well first game and i think you'll I think he'll bounce back and what I agree. Like, I think he'll definitely take a game in LA. I just don't know which one. Yeah. Like maybe they'll have to lose one more to get enough to rally enough strength to beat him in game four. Don't know how that's going to work, but point being, I think they have a good center in, uh, in Deandre Aiden who can play, you know, any center that the uh, Lakers throw at him. Jay Crowder's playing amazing defense. He was known for one, being a good defensive three and D guy on the, on the heat. And I guess the heat sorely miss him now yeah. as we might yeah. talk about yeah. this week or next week. So, yeah, I mean, he's doing great. My only thing, again, read, read or he took words out of my mouth, the ex- inexperience. This is Booker's and Aiden's first ever playoff series, and it shows just because of their – I mean, they're shooting well and everything, but it, it's just looking at their just movement on the court and they're just 
focus and men- mentality is very, I guess, not not as as calm and collected as you could see. Like Chris Paul is taking his time breaking down the teams just because that's the type of player he is, and he has plenty of experience in the playoffs to bring to this team, along with Jay Crowder as well. So hopefully, you know, Booker and Aiden can pick that up real quick so they can dominate in the next couple games. But I think now I actually changed my my pick because I had LeBron in seven, but I think the Suns could easily pull a game and win the, in L.A. and easily win their two home games. So yeah. I'm going to say Suns in seven. I don't know if you guys – how you guys want to change your, uh, change your uh, predictions. Well, for me, I, I'm probably going to say Suns in six, and that's obviously because I'm being a little bit optimistic. But uh, That's I fair. Also, I also believe that if Chris Paul's injury – is as serious as it is and they might rest him for game three you know i i think booker can have a huge game and will and will be a definitive factor in getting a win against the lakers while one of our star players is out you know if booker drops 44 there's no way that the self that the suns don't beat the lakers you unless know? 80 drops 44 but well yeah unless <laughs> is not is not contained to what uh the suns have been able to do in the regular season as well as the first game in the playoffs, but you know, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I believe in my boys and I think that they'll, I think they'll win in six. Yeah. That's what I said. I said it earlier today. I remember I texted our group chat. I was like sons and six. Yeah. I think it's going to happen. Cause like I, I, I said, I think I said earlier, um, or I think I texted this to you guys, but um, yeah, I said like, I just don't see the way, like for whatever reason, I just don't see AD being able to consistently play like he did in game two throughout the rest of the playoff series, especially if Jay Crowder's playing good defense and DeAndre Ayton is also, you know, holding down the post because we know AD likes to go to the post. But, um, you know, in game two, he was shooting a lot of mid-range. Uh, he shot a couple threes. So it's going to definitely be a tough um, matchup for the Suns in terms of what AD can do. Um, and, yeah, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how they defend him for sure. My my last thing I'm gonna leave uh, y'all with is why is Andre why is Andre Drummond t- getting 24 minutes for the, for the Lakers? Can, can we talk about that real quick? <laughs> I know we start laughing. I'm like, why is Andre Drummond getting 24 no, so minutes? I'm laughing because I saw something on Instagram and it was like a picture of um, a defensive set from one of the um, the, the Lakers Suns game. Why I think it was game one and. Um, it was hilarious because there were four Suns players around the perimeter. I'm sure you guys have seen the picture. There were four Suns players around the perimeter. And then I think it was Aiden in the paint. And then DeAndre Jordan, or um, wow, um, <laughs> Andre Drummond, wow, yep. um, went out to defend someone on the perimeter for whatever reason and left yep. the paint like literally wide open. Yeah. And um, it just made me think like, yeah, why are you giving that guy 24 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's, um, he's getting washed, man. Dude, getting seriously. Washed. Dude, minus his 15 and 12 game, game two, I don't think he's that good. Like, that consistently. Like, he can pop off, like, one game out of the seven series, but I don't think he's that good. I'd rather have 80 at the five and rock a smaller ball lineup for also, this next thing. Can I just add that, like, I know how great LeBron is and everything, but Mans is not having a good playoffs right now debatable no not not as good as like we expect from him. oh yeah, yeah there you go below he's below yeah. expectations i he, agree he's with that below, statement. He, he's below his own expectations yeah, yeah i mean to be fair his the expectations for lebron are championship you know, insanely are high. high yeah they're they're very high but um no i agree like, with you you know for, first game he had uh i think like 18 and 10 and then like second game he has 23 and 9 very good stat line 
but not nowhere near what we've seen from LeBron in the playoffs, especially with a team that he is very undercarded with. I mean, they are the seventh seed. You know, LeBron mm-hmm. should be like, well, I'm trying to win this shit. He's so pulling like, the 2016 Cavs where he's carrying yeah. a whole team without, with an injured, I mean, 2016 was injured Kyrie Irving and oh, I think injured Kevin Love during the playoffs. Yep. So he's basically carrying that type of team and so far he's 80 and I guess Dennis Schroeder is his other two players. Yeah, and so, so like, you know, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely a culture shock for a lot of people to see him mm-hmm. not play as great as how we're all used to seeing him but I mean he's old you know he's getting you know he's getting to that time of where he's starting to think about retirement maybe soon and he had a bad injury this season as well had a bad injury Mm -hmm. so I mean I think that you know LeBron might not be as scary in this first round that's just me (laughs) that sounds like a hot take to me that is a hot take because I think he's he's performing pretty good I don't think he's like like he's starting to regress I think he's doing all right but like He's no, not think, dominating. He's not doing like 40, 50 points a game, you know. That's kind of well, that's my point is that yeah. like you're not gonna see LeBron score more than like 32 in a game anymore. Which I, I, I think that's all he needs to do is like score above 25 to do well I, to be okay. I mean, I don't know. I mean, like the Suns, <laughs> so are, like, the, the Suns kicked their ass in the first that's game. That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> like if LeBron like LeBron consistently, every time he goes through the playoffs, he is a massive factor because it's LeBron James, obviously. But um I mean, yeah, if he's not, like, playing to his full capacity, it's going to be tough for him, you know, to, to move through these playoffs, especially since they're playing the Suns first round. The Suns are not a pushover by any means. You know, they may yep. have an experience like we've talked about, but still, they're a good scoring team. They're solid. They're pretty solid defensively. Um, you know, Lakers, obviously, you know, defense is pretty much their main thing, but the Suns have pretty, you know, pretty solid defense. But, um, yeah, if LeBron isn't, you know, dropping like 30 a game for the playoffs, like, are they really going to be able, you know, is is AD going to be able to step up and, you know, kind of like, is LeBron going to be able to pass the playoff torch to AD, uh, so to speak? But also, um, you know, I mean, the bench for um, the, the bench the for the Lakers, you know, is yeah. not mediocre at best. Yeah, but, mediocre. Uh, like seriously, I, I mean, like you, know, you got like Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, um, Horton Tucker. Those three guys in Game Two scored a combined seven points. I was going to guess like ten points, but yeah, yeah. And they each Quite had big. what was they it? Played, it was like they 20. all played about twenty minutes. Yeah, so like <laughs> it's, you know, really like what's going to happen with this bench? You know, it's yeah. like a, a similar problem with the Nets, except with the Nets, you know, we've seen that the bench is able to turn up. Um, Slam you know, it and 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 uh, Bruce Brown. Yeah, like Bruce <laughs> Brown. You know, Uncle Je- I know Uncle Jeff just had Uncle a injury uh, yesterday. Yeah, so Uncle Jeff. Stinks. But um, yeah, you know, so like, who knows what's gonna happen with this this Lakers bench if they can't pull through? Like LeBron is, you know, not really at a point anymore where he can like put the whole team on his back. You know. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited. (laughs) I'm I'm excited too, James. Do you have any closing statements before I I close this off? Because I have like one thing to say before I close this uh, series today. Go Suns. All right. (laughs) Here to here first. Go Suns. And uh, my closing thing is that we're talking about LeBron. He has the hardest path to win a championship this year. So if he can't carry a team on his back and if his team's not performing well, He's not going to win a championship this season. I can guarantee that if his, if he's not going to, if his team's not either his bench doesn't perform or 
he can't unless or he has to carry the team. If he carries the team, maybe potentially they win the championship. I don't know. But if those thing, two things don't happen, they're not going to win a championship this year. Yeah. Uh, that's really my closing statement. And hopefully we'll see. I mean, LeBron playoffs without LeBron would be very interesting for the first time yeah, in a while. Seriously. I mean, last year was a bubble. I don't count the bubble. I mean, I'm starting to realize the bubble is kind of a fluke considering the Celtics made the Eastern Conference Finals. Thank that you. was kind of kind of a fluke. I, I'm tired of I'm tired of hearing LeBron say that winning the bubble title was one of the hardest championships that he's ever won. Like, um no, cuz debatably yeah, like, if he had to face the if he had to face the um what what team was it? If he had to face the Clippers in the in the Eastern Conference Finals and he had to face I don't know. Uh, not not the Heat, but maybe like the Bucks or the or the Sixers, then I would say it's a little bit harder. But he had to face the Heat, which are debatably all defense like they can't they don't have enough offense to face against or to, to compete with LeBron, so I don't know. Again, I, I don't think it's the hardest one. I don't think it's the easiest one, but still it's I don't I don't I don't value the bubble as much. Like I still think it's important because it is one of the NBA playoffs years, but mm. I don't value it as much as uh other years. But anyway, let's move on to the uh, last series that we're gonna talk about today. Mavs Clippers. Uh very different because I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with this point. I at least thought the Clippers were gonna win at least one game or at least both of their games at home. Yeah, seriously. But, the, but Luca, KP, and the X Factor I'm going to talk about later, Tim Hardaway Jr. pulled up both games and popped off and allowed be, to be that third score that Kawhi and PG couldn't lock down. You know, they still got Pat Bev, who's a really good defender, but he could not lock down Tim Hardaway because I think he's a two, and Pat Bev usually guards the one. I so, also question, like, Pat Bev's defensive ability. Like, well, his he, realistic defensive ability. I question it, honestly. Oh, my God. I hate Pat Bev. He's, he's, <laughs> not a good, he's not as good of a defender as he claims to be. I don't think he is either. I think a lot of his game is just, like, talking mad smack. And then um, yeah. I think, honestly, like, a lot of people at this point have kind of realized that, like, I don't have to listen to this guy because, like, he's yeah. kind of a bum. Yep. <laughs> okay. But um, I mean, and that may, maybe a hot take, but I don't know. Pat is not. I don't think it's a hot take. I just, I so think he had. Dec- it's not a hot take. It's facts. Okay? <laughs> He's just a straight bomb. That's what I'm saying, man. I mean, seriously, because like, was he? I mean, is he a bad defender? No, I don't think he's a bad defender. Yeah, there you go. You know? I, I think mean, he's good enough to, he's to play I think well. He's above, above, okay, above well, average, a little bit. I think a little bit above average. Like here's average, and I think he's right here. I mean, that's kind of where I see. With the way that I saw him play last season and with what I've seen with the Clippers so far, I think he's, like, honestly an average defender at this point. Yeah, yeah he, he was really good the last couple of years, like a like couple of years ago and even up to last year. I'd say he's a really good defender. But this season has been a little bit different than what I expected because I thought, you know, he would keep repeat the same defense he had the last couple of years, but he hasn't. No offense to the Celtics or anything, but, like, dude, the only guard that I feel like he can, like, lock down anymore is Kemba. Well, Kemba's playing. <laughs> well, Kemba's playing really well, so I don't think he can even locked down Kemba in the playoffs. He might not Kemba... even be able to lock down Kemba anymore. Like, <laughs> like, and he's old. He's old and short. Like, dude is not as good as he. Yeah, facts. What is he like? He's like thirty six and like six three. He's the mentality. No, he has like, the mentality of him at twenty five, but he's like real, realistically like thirty one. something. Huh? Yeah. All right. So yeah, dude. Like. <laughs> I don't know where this narrative of Pat Bev still being a good defender comes from, but I don't see it. No. All right. But uh, let's get off the Pat Bev talk. We can trash Pat Bev this whole time. But um, (laughs) let's talk about. I want to let's let's highlight one thing. 
let's highlight uh, Tim Hardaway and Luca really playing well. I think that those are the two people that really need to play well against this this uh, Clippers team, who's debatably has a really good de- a really good de- a perimeter defense overall as a team. And and I, and also a second thing, I'm gonna the second thing before I hand it off to I think I'm gonna hand it off to James. Why is Serge Ibaka getting like no minutes? He's probably their best paint defender in the whole team. That's the last thing I had to say before I pass it off to James. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I'm I'm also frustrated though with you as well. But um, I mean, also, I'm rooting for the Mavericks more so than the Clippers. But you know, still, like, they like I don't understand why the the Clippers aren't playing Ibaka. I don't care how how old he is. He he is still a good shot blocking defender. And that you know, if you sit him in the paint, he's oh wait, kind of a, hmm? can I pause a quick second? He didn't even play the first game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. You know, they're not. They're literally not using him like at all, and it, it's weird to me. It's like he's he's what I, in, in my opinion, he's way better of a defender than Zubots. So it's like agreed. Yeah. So I don't. I don't understand why they don't have them switch on and off uh, more often. But you know, I get. I understand the likability with uh, with Zubots' uh, uh, offensive ability, but mm-hmm. I mean, you need a on the D on the D side. So I mean. It's 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 definitely frustrating to watch, but you know both games not won by large margins. Other than you know a twelve point margin is is a pretty solid win, but you know not not huge. You know second game they only won by six. You know the, these games are close, but I mean the the Mavericks shooting is definitely the X factor in this. You know they are shooting incredibly well, and it, you know to your credit, you know Tim Hardaway Jr. has definitely stepped up in the playoffs for them. I don't know how long it'll last, but, you know, it, it's definitely helping them a lot and it's relieving the weight off of KP a lot after he comes back, came back from injury. So, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's interesting to watch and I'm having a lot of fun. I would say that this is one of the most fun matchups to watch just because of how dominant the Mavericks look, but um, you know, uh, Kawhi had an amazing game game too. And he just, mm-hmm. he couldn't stop he couldn't stop the Mavericks himself. I mean, as great of a player as Kawhi is like the Mavericks just went, you know, full head rush in and they, and they really are kicking their ass to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> no, They're bullying them. Yeah. I think that this is a really interesting matchup because at least for me, just like from a comedic standpoint, it's <laughs> hilarious to watch <laughs> two like superstars. I mean, like Paul George, arguably not a superstar anymore but i would say he's an all-star and then i say Kawhi's a superstar in my mind but that's just how i read you got your two massive stars there um they're supposed to be great defenders you know and then we watch the mavericks drop 70 points and a half like to me that's just like kind of funny because it's just like where it like they're supposed to be such a good defensive team you know and it's just like not happening for some reason um I don't know like why exactly. I haven't really watched these games to be honest, so I don't exactly know what's going on with that. Serge Ibaka. But um, yeah, I mean, if Serge Ibaka is not playing, like, I-, I watched the highlights and stuff. So definitely, I can see like the Mavericks are absolutely like they know, like they get to their spots, they know what they're doing, they know the game plan for their offense. Um, but also like Luca has been, you know, playing great for them. You know, he's shooting very well. He was my MVP before he. Crap the bed uh, regular season, but look at him in the playoffs. Like, what, exactly. what am look I supposed to do? <laughs> he's turning up in the playoffs, um, which is exactly when they need him. Uh, you know, he's shooting well. So, 
I, I think it, like you said, also like Tim Hardaway, um, he's going to be a huge part of this. If he can really stay hot as hot as he is now, um, then yeah, I can definitely see the Mavericks, like honestly, maybe even sweeping the Clippers, um, you know, maybe, you know, in six, maybe something like that. I don't know exactly, mm-hmm. but Tim Hardaway is definitely, you know, giving the Mavericks a big offensive push that they need. Um, and yeah, like, I think the fact that the Clippers aren't playing Serge Ibaka is really weird because he's definitely a better paint defender than Zubats. Um, and Zubats got 22 minutes, you know, to Ibaka's six. Like, where Zubats had two points. He's supposed to be this offensive guy and Kleba has been locking. First of all, can I say something about this? Maxi Kleba has been a great center defensively and offensively for the for the Mavericks he's he can switch like when he switch like when he gets to switch on Kawhi or PG he's able to handle them pretty well like not the greatest but he's still able to handle them really well on the switch and he's able to lock down Zubach in the paint it's like what else could you ask for this guy doing and plus he gets 13 points game two he's doing all right and I, I I'm happy that he's able to find a spot next to Porzingis where Porzingis can pop off on offense you know not be as good on defense but you know he's able to help Porzingis where he lacks in defense. So I'm just like, Kleba has been a low key and X factor for the, for the Mavs as well. Aside with, with uh, Tim Hardaway. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really excited to see Kleba play really well. And also not to mention the last thing I'm going to say before someone, uh, someone else pops in Brunson has not been playing as well as I thought. I thought he'd be a really good, he would develop really well the season. I thought he would play better in the playoffs, but he hasn't. I thought he was going to be a big part of their offense. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, he's just like not. I like Tim Hardaway Jr. Low key, kind of like they like switched a little bit, you know, because like Tim Hardaway Jr. was playing. He was playing pretty well throughout the regular season, but I don't think anyone expected him to really play this well in the playoffs, yep. you know. So yeah, I think that Jalen Brunson, the fact that he's yeah not producing as much, um, definitely could be you know a scary sight for the Mavs. But um, yeah, at the same time, Tim Hardaway is popping up, so hopefully he can stay hot. Here's here's the main issue that I have with the Clippers. Okay, why aren't you starting Rondo? That's true. Like, like, why are, like you're they're playing him almost twenty minutes, but like Pat Beverly is starting over him. Why are when, oh dude he literally Pat Beverly literally scored three points. Three points on at 23 minutes in game two. Play Rondo like he Rondo got got two rebounds, seven assists, and four uh, four points. And yes, the points is low, but he played 19 minutes. Mm-hmm. Okay, he got way more done than Pat Beverly could in the 23 minutes that he played. So start freaking Rondo and and get him involved with with uh, passing to Paul George. Get him involved to passing. My, uh, to Marcus Morris, give him the pass to, to Zubat, give him the pass to Kawhi. Like, this guy is a pure facilitator. Mm-hmm. Use him to your advantage, and they're not. And we know that Rondo turns the fuck up yeah. in the playoffs. Playoff yep. Rondo. Playoff Rondo is a thing. Exactly. Like, playoff Rondo is a real thing, and they're not starting him. I completely agree with you. It's really weird. And, like, out of all the – like, and also Rondo's a pretty – you know, he's not, like, a great defender, but Rondo's a pretty good defender. He's he's you know? he's like, good in the playoffs, but I, I just looked it up. Can I – I'm going to interrupt you real quick. Pat Bev's defensive win share went from two last year, which is pretty above average, pretty good. Pat Bev went down to one this season. Rondo, on average, he's – He's about to a 0.7, which is, you know, still the same, but that's regular season Rondo. I don't count regular season Rondo in anything. I wait for the playoffs to see, like, how he's actually going to turn up. And I think he's been holding his own. I think he's been holding his own in the playoffs. Yeah, so. he's not, like, a defensive liability by any means. So I literally see no reason to, like, start 
Pat just Bev. to prove James's point and also the rant about Pat Bev, because I wanted to make sure I didn't want to say anything. I don't want to like disprove Pat Bev's defense before I looked it up. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now I can agree Pat Bev is not the defender he used to be because he used to be above a two even Pat season, like a couple seasons before. And yeah, he went down to a two and then he down used to a one. to be a good defender, but now for some reason, there's like this weird narrative that Pat Bev is still a good defender and it's just like not true. Not true. Yeah. I mean, I, I, how, how about what's your predictions now real quick? And I'm going to like, I mean, we have our X factor Tim Hardaway, but like, what's our predictions now? I'm still think I actually, I had, I had Clippers in seven. I'm pretty sure last, uh, last podcast, I might have to flip Mavs in seven. I want to see one more game. I want to see how the Mavericks do at home before I say Mavericks in seven. So that's like my little uh, mindset on the, on the series. Yeah, I forget what I said, but um, at this point, I definitely see the Mavs winning it. I think I said Clippers because, you know, I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt and be like, all right, last year was kind of a fluke. You yeah. know, you guys crapped the bed. Hopefully they can do it this season, but it's just not looking like it. it's going to happen at all. Not with the way yeah. they're playing. This is a tough one to call, um, you know, this early. You know, a lot of a lot of teams, you know, we've been seeing, you know, a lot of from both sides, you know, the Clippers, we haven't really seen turn up yet. So, um, you know, it's definitely a hard one for me to call. I do think that the Mavericks are going to win, um, but I would, I'm going to be safe. And I say the Mavericks in six. I mean, that's not really safe. That's like in six games. So well, I was going to say in five, but oh. you know, <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I was going to say that how good that the Mavericks are playing right now, but um, yeah. I mean, I, I want to give it like what Reed said earlier is that I want, I want to give the Clippers a little bit of benefit of, de- of the doubt, see how they play at home, you know? You mean Mavericks? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm, well, yes, that's why I said I'm waiting wait for Clippers. game three. Yeah, you said Clips. Oh, my bad. I'm a Mavericks. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> the, yeah. yeah, the Clips just dropped both of their home games. Yeah. So you know, to, really to stay competitive, they would have to win at least one or two, both of the games away, yeah. like in Dallas which is a hard thing to do. And I think Dallas is going to have a lot more fans all riled up, ready for this team to sweep the Clippers. So I think the fan influence is going to be a big problem for the, for the Clippers next couple of games. Yeah. I mean, that's it for this, uh, this podcast. I mean, next, next week we'll be able, maybe we'll talk about the other series. We'll maybe talk about the Sixers if we really wanted to. We could also talk about, of course, the Bucks heat. I actually want to talk about the Bucks heat next week. Yeah. As well. See how the, how the series turns out. Cause I, I originally was Scott thought the heat were going to do in like heat and six, but now, Look at the Bucks completely smoke them Tuesday or yesterday. It yeah, didn't look it hopeful. So yeah, yeah, I think we'll talk about the Heat. Definitely Heat Bucks next week for sure, and then we'll maybe talk about the Jazz or anything if that comes up. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, any last comments before we send it off? Go Suns. Go Nats. I'm praying for the Celtics boys. We're going to Game Four. Praying for the Celtics boys. All right. Game I'll over, see- bud. It's game we'll over. see you. <laughs> we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Peace. Hell yeah.